This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Today we're going to pick up with this scorpion and the frog story and how we can apply that today. I think it's very fascinating. And today we're going to do part two, which is going to be kind of the results of all this. So it's, you know, one of these times on the on the podcast where we get a little philosophical, we take a deep dive. Maybe you don't agree with me, maybe you don't understand with me. I'd love to hear your comments. You can reach me right on the website at ChristopherScottShow.com. If you're having issues with that, just email me at info at ChristopherScottShow.com. I really appreciate the audience participation. When you go to the website and you leave me a message, those clicks, I don't know, they used to mean something. I'm not sure it means anything anymore. We're going to talk about that later in the week, and I wanted to tell you that, too. I got a, a big lineup, uh, some very interesting things. Tomorrow I want to tell you, give you a whole new perspective on COVID. I've been covering COVID since it happened. Every day for a while, some of you remember that. Speaking of COVID, if you're wondering, no, I'm not feeling one bit better. Maybe maybe at times a little better. I don't know. I feel like I'm working through it. Boy, what a reminder. I need to really get my discipline back on track. I just haven't. I've been so busy, uh, busy with political stuff, busy working on the house, breaking my back. And, you know, what does that mean? Well, then I eat sloppy. I'm not preparing my food. I'm not doing workouts. I'm not stretching as much as I would. Ba 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 ba. Wah, wah, wah. Get back at it. That's the key. This is where the discipline becomes important, you know. And I realize, like, my even just my vitamin regimen of um, waking up in the morning, drinking, you know, at least like six, eight ounces of water, ideally a little bit more. Take that with a probiotic and a, um, what do they call it? activated charcoal. And the activated charcoal just, I think, helps detox, neutralize your system. And uh, that combined with a lot of other things, you don't need to do what I need to do. I'm not sitting here doing a commercial for activated charcoal, but I just know that i got to get back on track because I've not been feeling well lately, Um, not feeling myself. I've been getting a lot done up until this point. That's what happens, right? You run yourself down, just boom, hit a wall. So tomorrow I want to talk a little bit about COVID. Um, And then uh, Thursday, Wednesday, no, today's Monday. (laughs) I'm a little loopy to say the least. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to, Tuesday, we're going to talk about COVID. Just nothing, you know, revolutionary. It's not like I have some crystal ball. It's not like I had a phone call with Julian Assange or something like that. Hey, give me the scoop on this, would you? Wouldn't that be incredible? Wouldn't that be really incredible? That guy can dream. Could you imagine if Julian Assange reached out to me? What are the things we could ask that guy? emailing from Russia. I wonder if that would put me under investigation. I'd probably have to say no. No, I'm too much of a sheeple myself. I don't want to put my family in jeopardy with the FBI goons. Going to come take me down like Randy Weaver, shoot my wife and my daughter, but not me. What a bunch of losers. They finally settled that lawsuit. They should have just lined those cops up and shot them the way they shot those innocent people. They were not even uh, accused of any crimes. You can take up the Randy Weaver uh, uh, story any way you want. If that would have been a black person, a black family, can you imagine the outrage? Speaking of black, here's one of the mass deceptions going on. I'm getting myself worked up. That means I'll start coughing. 
showing, uh, going back, I don't remember the names, every four years how there's this, some massive uh, police killing of a black person. Seems to make the perfect script. But see, Republicans need to get ahead of these. For some reason, they're not doing it right now. Did you notice that? It's not happening the same way. you got to be a little careful. People are becoming a little enlightened. Anyway, here's what I wanted to tell you. I'm rambling. I didn't mean to ramble. I don't want to ramble today. You've heard about the Alex Jones story and uh, Steve Bannon. I see some people saying that those guys can't be trusted. And some of the same people saying that are saying that you cannot trust uh, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. And I do not trust Tulsi Gabbard, i got to tell you. All these people that are just throwing, I'm like, you fools. You absolute fools. You know, I don't understand how these games are played, where this is a, an all-out war, but somehow the, the rules get played a little differently. And that's the lead-up that I wanted to tell you. I got off the phone uh, earlier today with Nancy. It's Sunday here where I'm recording this. Uh, I was on the phone earlier today with Nancy Price, who I'm the campaign treasurer for. Very proud to be doing that. And we have our first report filing uh, coming up. There have been previous report filings for um, for political action committees, uh, but we hadn't formed ours yet. So this will be our first uh, report. And um, I was talking to her a little bit uh, just about the nastiness within the Republican Party. I'll give you a couple of the highlights we had to file, and you should have seen what I had to go through to register as the treasurer, by the way. You know, if, if I was uh, really um, paranoid, there's no way I would be doing it. I'm not paranoid because I think if the FBI ever showed up, I, like I said, I come on in. What would you like to discuss? You want to ask me a few questions. I want to ask you a few questions. And unless I'm under arrest, I have every right to ask it. So maybe if you answer a few of mine, maybe I'll answer a few of yours, if that's okay. And you can absolutely have a conversation like that. I'm getting ready to take this door company to court, pro se. I'll let you know how I make out with that. You can definitely handle these things. I was looking back. Did you know about the um, the protests in Nancy Pelosi's office in uh, 2018? 51 people arrested. They wouldn't leave. Capitol Police had to arrest them. Nancy and AOC encouraging them there with them. Oh, but somehow that's okay. But suddenly it's Trump supporters and it becomes an insurrection. But these poor people... I don't think they had any clue how to uh, how to defend themselves. They should have just shut up. Should have just shut up. I don't know. Anyway, still rambling. Uh, I don't know about the Steve Bannon, um, um, Alex Jones things. I would just say this in terms of whether to trust them or not. Uh, they do what they do for profit. Just remember that. They're not donating their time like I am sitting here sick so that I can talk about this stuff. Just always wonder where people's motivations are. But it's telling Nancy. I'll give you a couple of the highlights. First, red flag. So I had to fill out all this paperwork, uh, give all this information about my identity, social security number, drive, photo ID, right? I got everything. If the FBI needs to find me, they know where to get me now. I mean, it's not like they didn't know anyway. It's not like I, I hide anything. But there it all is. And um, file this paperwork, and, and you file this with the Pennsylvania Republican Committee. Okay, so on that paperwork, if you can imagine, my phone number has to go on there. And so I put my cell phone number on there because it's the only phone number I have. What was my gift for that? This is Republicans doing this to a Republican working in a political action committee for a Republican candidate. I get bombed. I had to, like, reconfigure my phone. Was I telling you about this? 
I'm getting like, I don't know, probably exaggerating 100 texts a day asking me to donate money to this campaign, that campaign. I thought it was WinRed at first. I contacted them and I was on fire. I felt bad for the girl. I said, I want to know why I'm getting blasted with these texts and I want my name off this list. And she said, we never, we never give out that information. I'm not so completely sure I trust them. And the only reason I say that, it's all WinRed links that are coming in. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe I don't know how all this stuff works. I haven't been doing it long enough. It wouldn't, you can pay for anything. You can buy anything on the block, block market, including WinRed donations, I'm pretty sure, or, or, or lists to put that stuff out to to raise money. Right, so these unscrupulous candidates. Who knows? Maybe I shouldn't even say that. Campaigns, cons- the consultants, those in the know. Oh yeah, just hire these guys. They got a list of all the all the people that are, uh, you know, they combine all these lists, this data, and then text harass the hell out of them. And this is how we treat Republicans. The second thing I'll tell you in terms of how to file the report. Good luck trying to find any help with that, unless it's out of the goodness of somebody's heart. No manuals, no videos, no nothing purposeful chaos and confusion. These are people within the party. Why am I being treated like this? We're Republicans within the Republican Party. Why am I getting treated like this? Do you want to know why? Because we're a grassroots campaign. I I could go on and on about this. I don't want to turn the podcast into this today. Uh, But I wanted to mention that. And and, and here's what I wanted to bring that to. That uh, you know that I was looking into running for office. As a matter of fact, if I'm feeling better, I have a, an event coming up on Tuesdays. There will be a lot of local uh, VIPs there, highly influential people, whatever you want to say. And I'm sure that this, um, this is going to come up again on some level. Um, but I have to tell you, what I found is, and I saw Artie Lang say this. You know who Artie Lang is? Look it up if you don't know. He's pretty funny. Uh, not exactly my cup of tea, but every once in a while I stumble on it. But he said uh, nobody was buying what I was selling. Now, he was talking about his days uh, addicted to Coke. I'm not addicted to Coke or anything else for that matter. All I'm trying to do is what I did when I was 17 years old, fight for the Constitution, people's right to live a free life without the overreach of government in their pockets, in their lives, in their bedrooms, messing with their kids. If, if this was a, this was the type of thing that we fought wars for in other lands happening right here, but nobody's buying what I'm selling. The the biggest picture of that to me was the budget issues that I found in my own town. I don't know if you remember the story. I don't know remember what it was like a hundred hours I spent making this video, and and they call it the viral video here now, and um. I mean, he just ignored it. Nobody really cared at the end of the day. Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro running for governor, governor, the politicians, the solicitor, the county commissioners, everybody just turned a blind eye to it. Nobody's going to go against anything that their own team did not to do that publicly. Unbelievable, really. Uh, and with that, the thing uh, leading, there's a long, very long window way of saying it. I said, nobody's buying what I'm selling. The other problem is, uh, it's even worse. They're closing the door as firmly as they can. Uh, Wednesday, I'll get into this story. We'll do the COVID Tuesday. Wednesday, I want to tell you firsthand how AI is affecting this industry. Two bombshell new reports. I kid you not when I say that. I'm, sh- I'm not completely shocked. I guess I knew in the back of my mind it was coming. But the fact that it's here is freaky to me. It's really freaky. We'll talk about it more on Wednesday. Thanks for uh, indulging me in my little rant there and my little sniffles here. I hope you feel sorry for me. Um, 
Scorpion and the Frog. We talked about the story yesterday, and I was comparing this story of the Scorpion and the Frog to politicians today and what's going on with government. Uh, and the, the, here's a little more information to share with you on this. Um, the Scorpion and the Frog is an animal fable which teaches that vicious people cannot resist hurting others even when it's not in their own interests. This fable seems to have emerged in Russia in the early 20th century. There's a simple name for it. It's called self-destructive, and there's a million of these people around. You don't think that somebody who's willing to, to pump drugs into their veins on some nasty street corner, that they're not capable of lying to you? I mean, just, just as a basic litmus test, you know? I mean, I'm going to say, like, if you smear, there's a lot of ways you could, if you smear gasoline on your nipples, <laughs> what, I don't know why I said that. Yeah, I'm going to say that you've got a higher propensity to lie. Not, I don't know, I'm no psychologist just saying. But there, there really is just uh, a number of people that are sociopaths, you could say, I mean, you could go very far down this rabbit trail. And um, this is why we need religion. It's for those people. So I'm a good person. Why do I need this? Hmm. It's because for the person who's not. And uh, like it or not, we're all connected in, in some weird cosmic spiritual way. Let me give you the story properly since I botched it yesterday. I got close enough, didn't I? Oh, come on, I'm sick. I was doing it from memory, for God's sake. Let me give you a little better version here. Not my version. A scorpion lived in a dark and dingy cave near a mountain. He grew tired of his surroundings and wanted to leave a ch- wanted wanted a change. One day he came out of his cave, and he noticed that the valley across the river was very green. He crawled up to the riverbank and wondered how he could cross it. Suddenly, he noticed the frog leaping around. "Hello, Mister Frog, uh, would you carry me to the other side of the river?" asked the uh, scorpion. Uh, I would, ha- I would, but you see, I don't trust scorpions, replied the frog. All scorpions are not bad. If I sting you on the way, I will die, for I do not know how to swim, explained the scorpion. Now the frog saw enough reason in the scorpion's statement and agreed to carry him across the river. And so the scorpion hopped on the frog's back and they set out on the journey. The frog paddled his limbs through the water as fast as he could. Halfway through the journey... He felt a sudden, sharp sting on his soft hide. Why did you sting me? Both of us will drown, he said. What can I do, for this is my nature, replied the unrepentant scorpion. The frog and the scorpion immediately drowned in the gushing water. And you find it hard to believe that there's people like this, and look at what's going on today. This story needs to be repeated as many times as possible until people fully understand it. This, uh, you know, where they said all scorpions are not bad, right? You know, I was thinking about this with this John Fetterman uh, Senate run here, and one of the things that he wants to do is release violent criminals. And he's, he's got this idea that people deserve a second chance. And I say to myself, well, hasn't that already been afforded along the way in various different ways? And so the reality is that what John Fetterman wants to do is he wants to release mostly black and minority criminals. Now, you could say it's racist to say that, and you could say that the cause is racist, and that would be that there's primarily blacks, higher percentage, I should say, in our jails and prisons here in Pennsylvania. And I'm sure you could go into a million different reasons 
why that is the case. And some of it is racist, quite frankly, but that's not the path that we're going down today. But basically, John Fetterman wants to release black criminals, much in the same way uh, that the schlub DA down in Philadelphia has been going back into case files and getting people released. I don't believe there's ever been one white person. All right. So the fact of the matter is this liberal initiative in Pennsylvania, and I don't know where else it may or may not be going on, is to release violent black convicted criminals back onto the street. Uh, Later in the week, I'm going to tell you how they're getting them to vote, too. All right. And this is where I talk about the tie with Bolshevism. Um, and, and Gulag Archipelago and what happened in Russia in the Soviet Union under Stalin. They released the criminals, and that was the first wave. And then they made them the police chiefs, and that's when the, the, the real terror began, after they took away everybody's guns. Right? Now listen to this a second before you accuse me of any racism. I'm just talking simple demographics here, okay? It doesn't really matter. The point is this, and the tide of the scorpion and the frog story is this. John Fetterman, some overgrown white dude with a, with a giant mole on the back of his neck, can't talk straight, okay? And I don't mean to be overly critical. I don't know the guy. But these are facts, right? This big white guy wants to release violent black criminals, mostly back into the cities. He says he wants to do it because all scorpions aren't bad, because... Everybody deserves a second chance. And all the white people said, oh, yeah. Didn't you want a second chance for Johnny when he got busted with heroin? Hmm? Weren't you the one in crying to the judge? Oh, give my little Johnny a second chance. He hasn't hurt anybody. What do you think the black mother's going to say? Hmm? But they're not. They're not at all. Uh, the fact of the matter is that the victims of these crimes, who are also largely black, are outraged. You wouldn't know that because the media doesn't report it. So, let's just put this together without the theatrics and racism attached, okay? The fact of the matter is that John Fetterman wants to release violent criminals with zero public support other than what he's been able to manipulate people. In fact, the victims of these crimes, not only uh, are, are they outraged, but they're being unfairly silenced. Why would he do that? Because he's so altruistic that he wants to help violent black criminals, this big white dude from out in the middle of Pennsylvania? So we're told? So we're told. I don't think so. I think this guy's a, a, a treasonous pig. I really do. Now, the same could be true for Oz. I don't know. I don't trust this guy at all. And these little quiet conversations with Biden, it's very eerie what's going on here. He's a scorpion. Oh, no, I want to help people. I help people in Braddock. All scorpions are not bad. All transgender are not bad. True statement. All black people are not bad. True statement. All white people are racist. Well, funny how that works. All white people should have a, have white privilege. And if you deny it, it just means that it's worse. Unreal, really. This is a quote that I found. I don't know where it came from. One can do vastly more damage masquerading as a friend than they could ever hope to manage by clearly donning an opposing uniform and engaging in an honest fight on the battlefield. One of the most important and timely lessons, one that I hope we'll all soon grasp. 
And this is where the my peek into the back end of politics made me sick. I'll square up. You want to have a fight? We'll have a fight. Lay down the rules and we'll have a fair fight. We'll have a debate on the merits of the matter and let the decision rest. Why is that so hard? That's called mutual respect. You got people in our government, you got people in both political parties that are ignoring that along with due process and the and the only possible uh, outcome of that can be chaos and confusion. And that's what we're seeing right now. It makes me sick. It really does. It eats at everything uh, important to me. So this was uh, from an article. I put the link here in the show notes if you're interested in the whole article. Uh, I don't have the author's name in front of me, but they put in here, this reminds me, talking about the uh, scorpion and the frog story, this is something I read in Tony Robbins' book, Awaken the Giant Within. I have never read that book, but I am a kind of a fan of Tony Robbins, uh, at least to some degree. I think I, I've read one of his books or something like that. I've read his blog once or twice. Uh, I do think he has some some good stuff to say. But here's what Tony Robbins said in the book. He said, some people are like slingshots. Their purpose is to go for your throat. They can try to be nice and see the good in everybody, but there will always be some people who will stab you in the back. They have no other purpose than to bring you down. Don't waste time using logic on them. Just stay away from them. Watch out for these people. They are dangerous and contagious. And... uh you know, there is ways to resolve these things. Um, I have a relationship going on that I really can't get into the details of. The person's probably sociopathic on some level. And talk about a backstabber and a half. It's uh, it's really incredible. Amazing. Uh, but we got a real problem here in this country with the evil that's uh, infiltrated our society. So let me just recap what I talked about yesterday, what I see at stake in this election. And then I want to get to this story from uh, American Thinker, what comes after the current chaos. This isn't my words now. I'm sharing to you another perspective. When you look back on, on how this country has shifted in terms of our conservative moral line, I'm going to take out my feelings on it. I'm going to take out the religious aspect of it, okay? Just plain facts here a second. When you look at where this country was, uh, say, uh, 100 years ago, I'm going to say a little longer, probably 120 years ago. Because 100 years ago, that's when the the globalist New World Order was was being created. The Fed was being talked about, gold confiscation, Great Depression, world wars ensued. uh, And this seemed to be all kind of planned out in that direction. But let's go back say 120 years to 1900, maybe a little, right? 1880. Now, you say 1880, and you say, oh, my God, it's a long time ago. Not really, right? I mean, 1880 would have been, you know, uh, what's that, 120 years, right? And, um, you know, it's two, two two short lifetimes, really. It was not all that long ago. Look at where we were then. You couldn't have an abortion. We went from there. You say you could make lots of arguments. I'm just saying, let's just look at the facts a second, Okay. Take out all the emotion, just raw facts a second. We went from illegal abortion to a baby, uh, a profit-making machine uh, encouraging abortion. People's right to defend themselves. We went from where presidents uh, and other leaders would encourage people, founding fathers for sure, encourage people to carry firearms and explain why. We changed all that. We didn't have uh, transgender surgeries. You wouldn't even talk about it. 
you wouldn't see the selling of our strategic national assets, although things were sold. I'm sure some of it uh, was not for great deals, but the fact of the matter is we were largely making great deals and buying more ground. Our political leaders, it was much talked about, very careful of running up massive debts and, and, and being very careful with absolutely minimizing taxes and realizing the chokehold that that would put on people. Let me just stick to the facts. Uh, you didn't have things like loan forgiveness, and you didn't have medical experiments being carried out on children and, and vaccines even being available, right? Now, you could argue the marrow, it's good that we have vaccines. You know, polio was, okay, fair enough, indeed, indeed. There has been value to progress, there's no doubt. In fact, we've made incredible progress in, in, in transportation, in, in communications, uh, in many other areas. I, I seem to feel like that the real tangible progress ended about 120 years ago, but that's in the, or maybe maybe 80 years ago, but that's another story, right? So wherever you might agree or not on those things, and I, and I think a lot of these answers is in the middle, right? What's the best answer? And can we ever get to that as, as a group of people, as a society? So, for example, abortion, my perspective, it's inhumane to, by law, require a woman to carry a baby after a rape. Uh, but the problem is that when you make that legal, and we've discussed this before, that you know, anytime a woman doesn't want to carry a baby, she's going to be more encouraged to cry rape, and that's going to have a different set of consequences, isn't it? Uh, so, you know, what do you do with all that? Well, the fact of the matter is that people need to be careful, careful about their security and where they put themselves I'm not being judgmental. I'm not going to sit here and victim shame. Um, But if you're going to go out and get drunk, you weigh 105 pounds soaking wet, you have nothing to defend yourself, and you're scantily clad and 105 pounds, and you're going to go out and get drunk and hop in an Uber, passed out, and hope that nothing happens, I'm just saying you're taking a lot of risk doing that. It's not fair that anybody's taken advantage of. You know how I feel about that. But the fact of the matter is you're putting yourself in a lot of risk. So, there's been a lot of change over the past 100, 120 years. Would you agree? Um, either way, you know, the answer to some of these things is probably in the middle. Uh, the, the, the Second Amendment, you know, it used to be that you were nervous about entering somebody's property. It was pretty much, I know when I was a kid growing up, and I was talking to somebody about this, I did not remember this wrong. You were careful about going on somebody else's property because you ran the risk of getting shot. And I don't think that there was any, if you were on that property, you're guilty. It's your problem. Things were a little different. This encouraging of transgenderism. You know, we went from, it's not fair that homosexuals can't get health insurance, to love is love, to castration and disfiguring children. Have you seen some of the ages? Now, I don't, the, 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 here's the other unfair thing. You know, people get, get pulled into this. You know, the LGBTQ movement, not everybody signed up for that. In fact, we have listeners that say that. Like, I'm gay, but I'm not part of that. Fascinating, right? But now they own you. They own the label. So who does these things without any regard? How about if I say it like that? Who moves to change these things, like abortion, that you celebrate it? Oh, Roe v. Wade, yes. 
What kind of mind manipulation? Well, that's not something you celebrate. You do it behind closed doors quietly, and you say, God help us that we had to do this. That's how you handle it. Go out in the streets and cheer and have a party. That's evil. And I'm going to tell you something right now, speaking of scorpions. Somebody who's, who's happy to cheer on abortion would be just as happy to lie right to your face. Tell me it's not true. Absolutely true. Who does that? What kind of person does that? Whatever you want to say, whatever your opinion on these matters, we continue to destroy these very building blocks of our future. How do we expect our children, the next generation, it's not even just our children. You say, I don't have any kids, I don't care. Okay. What comes after the current chaos? This is a great article from American Thinker. Starts off, false narratives control many of us. Boom. You know, it's so bad, you don't even know where the scorpions are. You know, you think, uh, I had a salesman reach out to me the other day in person. And, uh, hey, how you doing? Oh, where are you been? Don't ask me too many questions. (laughs) I don't like too many people knowing two things. The lady comes to the door with an iPad doing the census. I said, get the hell off my property. My wife said, what's the matter with you? Don't come over here collecting data. Some kid sitting on the wall down out front, same thing, iPod on a Segway. I walked out there. I said, that's not a park bench. Get the hell out of here. And don't mess with me. I, I still do believe in, in property rights and our right to defend. And, and let me tell you something. I'm not going to be foolish like some of these schleps that don't understand what they're getting into. And there's many others the same way. It's just a matter until you awaken it. Was I telling you about the, the Afghanistan story? I mean, this is a great tie-in. We'll go a little long if we have to since I cut it off yesterday. This may have to take a little more time today. Uh, I think I might have mentioned this. I did. Uh, I'm going to mention it again, though. Uh, what's going on in Afghanistan? You know, we get this media blackout. Now, this was uh, CNN uh, reporting, I believe. And uh, I'm not sure how exactly that was going on. But they were showing the Taliban... Uh, rounding up heroin addicts and forcing them into this very difficult, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, rehab, basically cold turkey. And, you know, they showed the guys, and they're all whining, complaining, uh, it's lights, it didn't look so bad to me. Not a place I would want to be, probably, but you wouldn't want to be there, but I'm not addicted to heroin stuck in Afghanistan either. And I think that the purpose of publishing it was to show how horrible these Afghans are. They don't even have the resources you know, to keep the lights on. Why would they be rounding up the drug addicts? Just leave them alone. Not all drug addicts are bad. No, I guess not. True statement, but not completely true. And I'll say it again. Somebody who, who's willing to inject gasoline into their arm on some nasty corner in Afghanistan will be just as happy to sit there and lie to your face. They'll take everything you own, they'll stab you in the back, and they'll convince you that it's your fault. Trust me, it's exactly what happens. False narratives, you don't even know. But the the, the Taliban, uh, it's a a matter of of, uh, desperate um, uh, survival, really, Uh, Darwinistic survival. Because they're looking at this, they're going, look, with our working class men all addicted to drugs, we can't do anything in this country. There's no economic base where there's no labor. And these are the people that largely provide it. How many female bricklayers do you see? Yeah, you see a few, not a lot. How many, how many female iron workers do you see? Hmm. How about on the farms? Who's doing the heavy lifting? Hmm. I don't know. Who's slaughtering the animals? I'm not saying women can't do it. I'm not being chauvinistic. 
I'm just saying that the heavy lifting, in reality, not in the in the liberal utopia fairy tale. Where, no, everybody's equal. Oh no, they're not. No, they're not. Not when it comes to carrying firewood. Chris in Oregon <coughs> sending me a photo. He's out there splitting. Anybody else getting ready for winter? They get a little late there to be starting splitting now. I'm not planning on burning anything inside this year. I'm just going full on oil. I'm just going to burn that money, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm actually nervous about the oil bills. I really am. I'm thinking about a wood stove might be something I want to do. Anyway, the Afghans realize if they don't if they don't restore the men and the basic family unit, uh, they had the, the plights of the the wives and the families. In some case, in one story, they had the guy still lived there. She basically had to take care of him and provide for him. It's like he's he's diseased, right? Stealing from her, taking the kid's iPad. When I, I'm making that up, I don't know what the, it was something like the abacus. I don't know what the heck they're using over there, right? Same crap you see going. I'm, I'm watching this. I'm like, oh my god, is is this is the CIA behind all this uh, with the fentanyl and the heroin? Who's I thought that there was the Afghans that wanted this that they were selling, and then they talked about that a little bit. Maybe it is a problem within. But I, I the, the purpose of this was to bash the Taliban. I'm, actually, I'm thinking, you know what? It seems to me like the, that these men, as imperfect as they might be, are like, we got to take control of this because if we let the United States keep going, we're just going to be dead. We're just going to die off. And maybe that was the goal. We'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow. Oh, yeah, Conspiracy Central. I got a good good podcast tomorrow. It's going to be a good week, trust me. You're going to want to stick That's why I'm here sick, man. I just, I can't sit on this. False narratives control many of us. The, the scorpion and the frog story, we need to relearn it. There are myriad of reasons why our country finds itself a shell of what we once were. It did not happen overnight or by accident. This is from Alan Pfeiffer, What Comes After the Current Chaos, AmericanThinker.com. The links are in the show notes below. I'm going to share quite a bit of this. I'm going to actually um, put the link... Uh, for the article right in the uh, podcast description. I would appreciate it if you would give them a click or a like or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, and the reason I say that is because I'm using their material and I like to give a little back, if you know what I'm saying. So uh, go check it out. Maybe you like it, maybe you won't, but do me a favor and at least if a few of you go check it out, uh, will feel comfortable <coughs> sharing their information. Uh we talk about the causes a lot, he says, and uh, consequences of making bad choices. And that's true, right? And the other thing, you know, things change. So what seemed like a good idea today wasn't always a good idea. I'll give you an example. Uh, Second Amendment. A lot of people don't want to say that. No, it's absolute, it's absolute. I've said many times, uh, it's really kind of difficult to suggest that you're going to approach guns the same way in Manhattan that you are out in rural Iowa. I, I don't know how you can make that claim. I mean, down here where we're at in the in the Philadelphia suburbs, I never carry, all right? Um, I do sometimes. Uh, so if anybody's listening, wants to take advantage of that. And it doesn't really matter because I know how to defend myself regardless. Um, but we don't have people walking around carrying, you know, rifles, shotguns, or guns on their hips and things like that. And it would be kind of uncomfortable to me. Like, I, I really, I'd rather not, to be honest. You know, some people go, oh, I like to carry great. But uh, the rest of us don't. And I think that a different approach uh, could be discussed. But there's a problem with that, legally speaking, under our framework of our government. 
And this is where these are, oh, nope, you can't do that because you can't treat people differently in this location as that location. Um, anyway, what are the causes? Making bad decisions. Um, no one will escape what's coming unscathed unless we find, ourself, find our footing and take back our lives and our country through any means necessary. That's the statement here. Do you believe that? Do you agree with that? Do you think that things are that desperate right now? Returning to who we were will be hard, but not making the effort guarantees failure on a monumental scale. Likely worse than world wars, worse than any pandemic, and worse than any social privation we've ever experienced. If we cop out, when the last strut holding us up gets kicked out, an entirely new world of hurt will be quickly become almost everyone's experience. I don't think so, by the way. I don't agree that we're going to reach this massive tipping point. I think it's just going to be a continued, slow degradation. It's already happening. Look at the unrest around the world. Glenn Beck predicted all this, many others as well. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about the doomsday scenarios. I don't believe it. First of all, uh, the, the scorpion... Uh, he always he did want to get halfway across the river before he stung the frog. It's no fun to do it that he just hops off. I don't know, right? He could have stung the frog a little ways out, hopped off, and got another one, for, for that matter, if he would have been a little smarter about it. But it's almost like he enjo- enjoys the self-destructiveness of it. And this evil, I, I would um, relate this like to burners. You ever see people that burn themselves? Like we had in high school, uh, I remember uh, the local McDonald's in town, there was a group of, of druggies, we called them. They are all dressed in goth and dressed in black and very pale and very strange and into, like, you know, acid rock and, you know, crazy, crazy music, um, Marilyn Manson and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we kind of stayed over there, but they would burn themselves. You know, like they would put their arms together and put a cigarette in between them. And, and the first one who pulled away, you know, lost respect, which was huge. And they would walk around. Uh, in some cases, with these nasty, nasty wounds. I come to find out years later, uh, you know, I found it deeply disturbing. And I didn't know how to process that at 15, 16 years old. It was just something that I, I witnessed. And, you know, it's like, wow, I'm glad, I'm glad it's not me or something like that. Um, but I came to find out years later as an adult, after I came home from the Marine Corps and started raising a family of my own, and getting involved in some civic organizations, the local food pantry, a local uh, outreach group for troubled youth, adult youth, and, uh, you know, minority youth. And what you come to find out is it's all generational. And you've heard me talk about this before. Uh, you know, the girl who's, who's getting burned by cigarettes in the McDonald's is probably going home. And her, her uh, heroin-addicted father is probably burning her and, and raping her. And, you know, people don't like to talk about this stuff. And I don't even like to think about it. It makes me so sick. Uh, some of these people will argue, the, these evil-minded people, uh, that you can't get the kids away from it. It's what they've been born into. They develop a very warped sense of love. Some of them um, may never be redeemed. Some of them may die uh, as a result of their affliction. Uh, the key is not to let it take down everybody with it. And you don't help that by encouraging it. And that's what this so-called democratic liberalism has done. It's like, no, whatever you want to vote on, if everybody's okay with it, we'll just go ahead and do it. And it's created some crazy consequences. It's happening around the world. You would think in Afghanistan, with everything going on there, that getting high would be the last thing on people's minds. But it's not. 
And then the, the videographers, they had the gall to say, well, you know, it's because of the poverty and the lack of jobs that people are driven into these drugs. Really? Well, what's the reason here then? Because we've got jobs galore. We can't fill them. Inflation's rampant. There's nothing but money. But yet people are still turning to drugs. So it can't be that. It's because it's allowed to go on. And once it becomes allowed, then in, in some people's minds it becomes permissible. And then in some people's minds it actually becomes a good idea. And it's very destructive. And it's going on around the world. South Africa. Look at what's happening in Iran. Uh, um the, the protests in Korea, the situation in Taiwan, Ukraine, of course, um, all of the plenty of problems in Africa, Central America, all these problems going on. And I think it's just going to be this slow degradation, and I think it's by design, and we'll get more to that uh, later in the week. Let me get back to the article. Um, here's a few signs that uh, this Alan Pfeiffer points to, uh, a little bit different than the indications that I was pointing to. But I think this argument has merit, too. He said, look at where we're at here. People are chopping firewood in Europe to stay warm because they don't know if they're going to have heat. Uh, judges drunk with COVID power forcing jurors to wear masks, even in the absence of any mandate to do so, with jail for noncompliance. Out of control. Climate change warriors throw soup on Van Gogh's masterpiece to protest, protest the use of oil paint. It was a stunt, and I told you those girls, uh, they had evil in their eyes, as far as I could see. Here's the argument he makes. He says, such signs are everywhere. It's really true, right? Look at what's going on in our schools, in our jails, in our ghettos. This goes on and on. Such signs are colleges, our military. Such signs are everywhere and contribute greatly to our society splintering. Allen's rule number 14 is at work here. Dumb people can be convinced of anything. Acceptance of outrageous thinking and behavior is on us. And this is it's tied up so perfectly to what I said. Nobody's buying what I'm selling because it, they, my way of thinking sounds outrageous to these people. Surely every, every uh, uh, scorpion isn't bad. You know, squir- I could see my, my seven-year-old daughter thinking, no, I need a scorpion. I'll be nice to it. It'll be nice to me. Mm, maybe for a little while. Maybe it will. Four factors are relevant. The effect of chaos in our country. It's, it's done by design. It's the only way you get anything done. It's the only way you rattle the cage to get things going. Our personal inability to discern reality. Can you tell me accurately what's really going on in Ukraine? Tell me the truth. You're going to tell me we don't understand what's going on in the world around us. America's role in the world. I don't know. We went from America's police force to, uh, I don't know what we went to. And what keeps us from coming together as countrymen? And why is that a bad thing? Our first item, chaos, is a root cause issue. I talk about this, purposeful chaos, and he's talking about it here. Socialists, communists, leftists, provocateurs, and others depend on a state of chaos to be able to go about their work unimpeded. Only by using the distractions they create can they keep the spotlight off them long enough to place that next wrench in the machinery of our lives. More control, more influence. They're all good, right? See, the founding fathers believed that the government needed to be as limited as possible. And the scorpion came along and said, surely not all government programs are bad, right? And that's a fact. 
It really is. Only by using the distractions they create can they keep the spotlight off them long enough to place that next wrench in the machinery of our lives. These influence groups probably imagine a seminal moment when hordes of people will take to the street and in one fell swoop depose the establishment as France did with the storming of the Bastille. No doubt, am I right? Or as in Russia with the October Revolution that saw the Bolsheviks consolidate their power to birth the Soviet Union. One uh, being, uh, I guess, somewhat positive, the other not. Either way, the result was the same. I don't even know if I would say it like that. Mostly, though, chaos is the cover that sees incremental rather than revolutionary change. And that's what's happening. There's a revolution going on. It's just being concealed by the chaos. I don't understand. Incremental change accomplished under the banner of chaos is never well thought out and doesn't stand up to intellectual scrutiny. So the scorpion comes along and says, hey, Hey, we've gone from, surely you don't think all scorpions are bad. Why are you judging me? What, just because I'm a scorpion? What, only frogs can do good things? And so you're going to just leave me here where you can go back and forth. That's not inequitable and guilty day after day. Hey, Mr. Frog. Hey, frog. This is what's happening in our lives. Hey, frog. Racist frog. Anti-scorpion frog. We're going to have a protest down here. Hope you're not planning on catching any flies later this afternoon. We're going to shut down the interstate. Sound familiar? Try to convince your children. Hey, 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 kid frog. Why is your dad racist against? Hey, come on over here, kid. Hey, there. Hey, I saved a little fly head for you. Yeah, there you go. Have it. See that? All scorpions aren't bad, right? You know that from that book you read in school. Don't judge a book by its cover. This manipulated thinking. All right, I'm not going to keep going down this path. You can read the article for yourself. Uh, if you're interested in a little deeper dive in the history of this and how this is really history repeating itself, I don't know what to say. Maybe it's unavoidable. When I tell you how, how we're being silenced, uh, it's even more eerie. But I guess you have to, at the end of the day, hopefully chalk it up that it's all God's plan. It'll all work out the way it's supposed to, if not in our lifetimes, uh, hopefully for the next. But we got to continue to do the best we can. God willing, I hope to be back tomorrow. I hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.